Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, and on today's episode, I'm going to be covering Jonathan Gresham's Terminus promotion. Terminus 2 is the event. It happened this past Thursday. It was available on Fight TV. It was $16.99, so not a big investment. And I've been really curious about this promotion since I heard about it, since since uh, there was talk that John Gresham would start his own promotion. I was kind of digging what he was uh, creating because it's it felt very similar to what I did with Premier Wrestling back in 2013 to 2016. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch Terminus 1. It just, time got away. I really wanted to watch it, and it I was going to go back and watch it. I just never did. So when I saw that the new show, Terminus 2, was going to come, I made sure uh, I was going to watch it, and I wanted to cover it here for Take It Home Podcast. Now, thank you, everyone, for the feedback on our Take It Home bonus show on the Fight Game Media Plus app. Uh, It was myself and Antonio Promise Thomas talking about six Really great up-and-coming young wrestlers. We broke it down from the wrestler's perspective. I broke it down from the booker's perspective. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And if you still haven't checked that out, it's only $5 to join our Patreon. You get our Patreon for one month for $5. Again, it's only a cup of coffee. Give it a shot. I think you're really going to love this show. If you're really into the insight of pro wrestling, you, you know, um, a lot of you fans want to know what goes on in the ring and outside the ring, and and I think when it you know Promise Thomas, a guy with twenty years plus of experience, who's been trained by the best, worked with the best, um, his knowledge is just is just second to none. And I really enjoyed listening to him break down these young wrestlers. It was a lot of fun. Again, $5, Fight Game Media Plus, our Patreon page. Please check it out. Please send me your feedback. Again, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Now, Terminus 2, like I said, took place this past Thursday, and I was really curious to see what it was all about. Um, Again, when I started Premiere back in 2013, I was I booked APW from 2008 to 2012, my first time around, and honestly, I was getting a little burnt from booking APW at the same time. Roland, the owner of APW, you know, he was going through some financial situation and was kind of open his ears to outside influence and people making broken promises. I just didn't want to deal with that. Plus, I was burnt out. And I was like, you know, I'm done. I'm done with booking wrestling. And then in 2013, or actually end of 2012, my buddy Matt De La Rosa, you know, he came to me about an idea of starting a, our own company. And I wasn't really into it at the time. I was like, no, I don't, that's a lot of work. I don't want to do it. And, you know, he kept bugging me and bugging me. And I said, finally, I kind of. He showed me the building he wanted to run. It was a smaller building, a good place to start, like a a good base uh, for, you know, start a young promotion. And the more I got it, you know, the more I was talking to him about it, the more I got into it. But I told him, I was like, I don't want to do pro wrestling. I want to do pro wrestling. I want to, I want to, because at the time I was very influenced by mixed martial arts. I, st- I still love MMA. I don't watch it as much as I used to watch it. Um, but I was just want to get back to like pro wrestling being, you know, a competition where it's about the wins and losses. And, you know, we did the for premiere, we did the wins and losses and we kept track of them. And you can easily see guys move up and down the card. You knew who was going to get a title shot. But next show, because there was a number one contenders match on each show is it's very simple to follow. I wanted to be very simple for the fans to follow because just like, you know, I love baseball. I love looking at standings in baseball. I, I love seeing a, a top 10 and I like to see my team. How far are they? Oh, they're only three games out. Like I wanted fans to say, Hey, their favorite wrestler is say Jeff Cobb. And they look at his record and, and, and he's only two wins away from a title shot. So I wanted that 
fan uh, fan experience for them. So, so when I heard about Terminus, Jonathan Gresham's promotion, I thought, huh, I wonder if it's going to be something similar. I didn't, and I saw the, you know, because I liked Ring of Honor. I was really enjoying the pure rules matches, and he was going to bring that influence over. So I was really excited. And again, I didn't get a chance to watch the first episode. I saw a few results. Just I glanced at it because I wanted to go back and watch it. And I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to, I just wanted to watch it as I had seen it and not have anything influence me. So, but like I said, time got away. I never got around to checking it out. So Terminus 2, I was like, okay, I'm super excited. Not only to cover for Take It On Podcast, just, just as a fan. I like, I like wrestling. I like promotions that, that promote that it's going to be about the competition and and so I was really looking forward to it. And I, I, mean, I liked a lot of these people on this card. And and one of the, the, the guys in the opening match I, I really like. Um, Invictus Cash and Adam Adam Priest. They were in the opener. It was a pre-show match. Now, when I clicked on Fight TV, they were in the middle of round number two. So I'm okay. This is a, I mean, a promotion about rounds, and I, and as a lot of people know by listening to Take It On podcast, I'm a big fan of the NXT UK show, and one of their championship is the uh, Heritage Cup Championship, and it's a, uh, a a match with rounds, and it's always a really good match, and they do a great job telling the story within the rounds, and it's. Uh, one of my favorite things in wrestling today, that that championship, you know, when they have they they promote those Heritage Cup matches, I I, I definitely make time to watch it. So I'm okay, you know, Terminus two, Terminus, excuse me, they are going to do rounds, very cool, and so I had to go back. Like I said, this match was like halfway through when I clicked on Fight TV, so I went back and got on YouTube and found the Terminus uh, YouTube page. And I watched the match in its entirety. And it was a good match. I, I really like it, Victus Cash. I, I talked about him, God, about six weeks ago on Taking Home Podcast. Um, just a really good worker. I really think AW should sign this guy. I know he's doing, um, he's on AW Dark. He's been teaming with Arya Davari. They have a tag team. They look great as a tag team. I don't know if they're signed or not. I don't know the deal there. But. If I'm Tony Khan, I'm signing this guy. I think he should be a, a singles wrestler. And as I mentioned before with him, 19, in 1993, the first time I saw Steven Regal. Now, I saw him in 93 in WCW as a babyface, right? They had him there for, like I guess, like two three, two, three weeks. Just He was just a good wrestler. That's that's all he was. Then they took him off TV for, uh, I think it was like four weeks, six weeks. And around May of 1993, they re-debuted Lord Steven Regal and his manager by Sir William, who was Bill Dundee. And I was like, wait a second, this is just the good guy that from from England that I just, you know, saw you know about a couple months ago. Now he's this snobby lord. But quickly, you know, you forget about <laughs> you forget about that little run as a bay face and and I started watching Lord Steven Regal's wrestling and and I was hooked. I love this style. Um, and I see that in Invictus Cash for AEW. A guy that comes and just out-wrestles everyone. And, he, you know, he's from uh, Toronto, Iran. And it's, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't want to make his gimmick just be that. Like, like a foreign heel. Like, that's way in the past. Like, to me, I just want him to be like a great wrestler from Tehran, right? Like, he's the best wrestler from that country. And he has, he's this sweet science of the scientific wrestling. He can out wrestle anyone. He has a little edge, a little attitude, a little cockiness. Um, and he showed that here in this match, like in the opening round with Adam Priest, you know, he was very cocky. He's, 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 he, he had the control. So the first round was all about him controlling young Adam Priest. And Adam Priest, I saw a few times on AW Dark when I, when I, when I was watching a little bit of AEW Dark, I wouldn't watch all the matches. I would kind of skip through and here and there and watch a few. A lot of times, a lot of my friends, <laughs> it became like a joke. Like, I, 
all my friends would like, dude, you got to watch this match on dark. It's so bad. Like, I, I don't know what happened in wrestling, but people used to call me or text me before. Like, dude, you got to check this match. It's so good. Now people, a lot of people like, you got to watch this match. It's a shit. I think it's pretty sad. Right. But I was watching AW dark one day and I saw Adam priest and I liked him. He's a, he's a good little worker. You know, he's like a little fire hydrant, um, kind of has early 1987 uh, Chris Benoit build or 1988 Chris Benoit build. Um, uh, he's, he's smaller, so he has to hit hard and he tests some great chops. I, I I like his work a lot. I think he's a, he has a lot of potential. I, I thought I mean, he's one of the guys that was doing jobs on AEW Dark. I was like, man, he's pretty good he's he's he should they should invest in this kid you know get him a contract and and you know he's like a diamond in a rough right so i was really happy to see that evitas cash and adam priest were gonna be in this match and i was looking forward to it and they didn't disappoint it was a good match second round it became all about adam priest he started getting control he started fighting a little more aggression uh, uh, with the and he like hit this really like Bam chop. I think he did that in the first round, really towards the end of the round, and it really like kind of switched the mood of the match. And then both men were working on each other's arms. So both men were like, you know, one wing down in this match. And Victor's catch this great sell with his left arm. It's just it was like hanging, hanging down, like he couldn't even move it for a while. It was really, really good. And then third round come came and they kicked in. They kicked it. Changed gear. Came on a fast pace, and Invictus Cash got this awesome rear rear naked choke for the win. So I was really happy that he went over in this matchup. Honestly, I thought this match should have been the main card. But I mean, if the idea is on the pre-show, you want to get people hooked on the product to order that pay-per-view. You know, put a good match on that on that free on that free uh, on your social media, and this was a good match. So I thought I thought they did a great job here. I think Invictus Cash and Adam Priest are guys you should really just jot down, and and when you, when you start when you're, they're gonna be they're gonna be something and you're gonna be like hey I, I remember seeing those guys when they started out you know I mean Invictus Cash been wrestling for a while I was trained by Buddy Wayne great trainer great worker God I used to love watching Buddy Wayne work I used to be a big fan of Championship Wrestling USA um, um, I used to have those tapes back in '97 I loved his tag team with Colonel Beers it was so much fun. Um, but yeah, so like you know, Invictus Catch trained trained right. Uh, my one of my favorite wrestlers is Brad Armstrong. I love. I, I'm never bored of a Brad Armstrong match. I've heard people say they're that Brad Armstrong boring. No man, I used to love it. Even the 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 squash matches. I because he just coasts in the ring. He just it's so he's a fluid in there. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And Invictus Cash has that. Right, he's so fluid and smooth. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. That's why I feel like, man, Lord Stephen Regal type in AEW. He just comes in, he's winning matches, and you know he doesn't have to cheat to win because he's so good. But he's an, has an attitude. He's cocky. He's arrogant. So he's a heel, and you want to see him get beat, but he's just too good. And then finally, hopefully, some you know some young baby face comes and. And you know, knocks him on his ass and beats him. You know, I don't know. I, 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 I think that I think a lot of that guy. I think he's a hell of a talent. So the first match on the pay per view portion of Terminus Two was a terminal elimination match. as a four way match. It featured Chris Sabin, Leon Ruff, Trey Lamar, and Kenny Alfonso. This is the first time I've ever seen Trey Lamar and Kenny Alfonso. Uh, of course, I've seen Chris Sabin for, you know. Damn near 20 years now. And Leon Ruff, you know, I I saw him a little bit in Evolve. And, of course, I saw him on NXT. I really enjoy his I, – I, I love his underdog. He's just a great underdog, baby face. And I really enjoyed what they did with him in NXT. It was a bummer when he got released. I don't know why they released him. I thought he had that one, two, three kid underdog about him that people would just get behind. And he's – He's really good. Um, he was really over in this match. Probably the biggest star of this match. Um, he had the crowd, and you can see. I mean, I remember seeing him evolve, and and you can see how he how he you know 
part of the pun, evolved um, in NXT, and he he became a better worker, all around worker, more with the crowd control. Uh, so it was really great to see Leon Ruff again. Um, for, I'm kind of over multi-man matches. Three ways, four ways, five ways, six ways. Like, I, it's just mostly the same. But what I liked about, I liked the rules of this match. And if I ever book again and I had a, and I have to book a four way match, I probably won't. But if I had to book a four way match, I would book it like this with the way Terminus does it. Starts off, each man, you know, it's tags. It's tags. There's, Two guys start, two guys on the apron. You get a tag in and tag out. And then once one person's eliminated, it becomes a three-way. Then everyone can be legal. And then once another person's eliminated, then it's because of a one-on-one match, right? So I like that. It's some structure. It gives Because these matches can be very chaotic. And once you see one four-way, you see them all. But this way, you can tell a story. And I, I like that. Um after about eight minutes in this match, there's a sequence with Ruff, Lamar, and Alfonso. It just got too cute and came like really choreographed. Like, it, I, I was a little bummed about that. It just kind of you know, when I see that, you could just see the the spots. I just it just takes me out of the match. Um, Trey Lamar eliminated uh, Kenny Alfonso, and then um, Trey Lamar he was trained by they said Johnny Gargano. Um, his offense is a little too cute. Like he does like a bob and weave and in and out of the ring. And it, it's kind of like, it's not quick. It's a little slow at times. And he was doing a sequence with Saban. And I think and it was, it was so choreographed. I think the crowd kind of just went, you know, down a little bit. And it's like, at one point he's bouncing out of the, out of the ring and then into the ring, and then out on the other side of the ropes, and I don't know. It was a little bit too much. Um, Leon Ruff finally eliminates Trey Lamar, and like at one ten left of the match, these matches, this match had a fifteen minute time limit, and and, and but then Chris uh, Chris Saban quickly beat Leon Ruff with the uh, for the win, and I I, I, mean, I would have pulled an audible in this match. I didn't think I didn't see the refs had the. The Mike gimmick in, but if I'm jotting aggression in the back, it's like, hey, man, let's switch it to Leon Ruff going over because he was so over. And, you know, the crowd, when when Ruff, when Ruff lost, they're like, oh, you know, they're bummed. But Chris Saban, longtime veteran, and they so they respect him. So it wasn't that bad. But it, I think the match, because the 15-minute time, like I said, when Leon Ruff eliminated Trey Lamar, it's 110 left. And... Like I said, Chris Saban quickly hit his finisher and beat Ruff after. So I really wish they could have done the eliminations of Trey Lamar and or Kenny Alfonso, Kenny Alfonso and Trey Lamar earlier in the match, so it could come down to Saban and Rizal Ruff and let them have a little bit more of a match. So we'll see. Now, one of the stipulations of this match is the winner of this match can pick their next challenger and Lenny Leonard on commentary mentioned like he could pick you know Jonathan Gresham or Santana whoever wins the main event tonight so Chris Saban won I figured he's gonna be interviewed by someone and and go out there and make an announcement of who he wants next but no he just goes to the back and and that's it. We never hear from him again. We never know who's going to challenge. So I don't know what that all is all about. And you would think if you're going to make, if you have a, a stipulation when you win and you can make a next challenge, you want to make a next challenge to the champion. And there's no Terminus champion, but Jonathan Gresham is the Ring of Honor original world champion. And he is, uh, and so he's, you know, the de facto champion of Terminus at this point. So I would think Chris Saban would, would challenge a champion. Next match was a women's match. Killa Kate versus Queen Aminata. Aminata had this just really good look. Comes out this Queen gear. Um, 
was pretty impressive. Killer Killer Kate just, you know, kind of like just a you know, wrestler, you know. She's just a wrestler. There's nothing really that stands out about her. Um she showed some some decent, you know, submission skills. That was her deal, but Iman, Imanada had a lot of charisma. Um so she showed a lot of personality. About 6 minutes in this match, it kind of really got a little rough at spots. Um the at one point the ref was counting uh Imanada just got her shoulder up. It was it was kind of a it was kind of a blah match and all in all, then it wasn't really that impressive. Honestly, I think they could have let this one out. Um I I understand maybe they want two women's matches. I I don't know. I think unless they're really high quality stuff, I wouldn't put it on there. I would kind of leave it, leave it off. Or maybe this could have been I don't know. Anyways, it was it was it was there. It was just there. And so far, you know, the weakest match on the card. Next match was a tag team match. Um, this featured Daniel Garcia from AEW. The night before, he just wrestled uh, Brian Danielson in the main event of AEW Dynamite. And uh, Kevin Blackwood, who's been, um, I think he's moved out to California. He's working PWGs, working a promotion out here called West Coast. I've seen a few of his matches. Versus Joe Keys, who I, who, uh, who I saw from... Ring of Honor and Dante Caballero. Um, on commentary, they said that Dan Garcia won the terminal elimination match at the first show. Now, the winner of the terminal elimination match, which was Chris Saban on this show, they said the winner of that match gets to pick his gets to pick his next opponent or next challenge. So if that was the case last show, maybe they just started at this show, but let's I'm guessing they started at last show as well. So Dan Garcia won that terminal elimination match, and the match he wanted was a tag team match versus Joe Keys and Dante. Like <laughs> it just that so that didn't make sense to me at all. Like you would think he'd be wanting to challenge John Gresham, right? Um Dan Garcia did a variety of uh did a variation actually of a Garvin stomp but with a knee. I thought that was pretty cool. Um at one point the match was fine. It was going it was a, a decent tag team match. It was it was going good. Uh, at one point, Garcia punched Keys, who was not the legal man, who and he kind of gave him a shot. And I, I I believe he busted him over Hardway. The way it was bleeding looked Hardway to me. Um I couldn't get a good look at where the cut was, but it it looked like it was over on the eyebrow. So, so um, at least that fired up Joe Keys. You know, Joe Keys, uh, he was good, good technician in there. You know, good, reliable worker, but he wasn't showing much personality in there. This got him. The blood got him fired up, and so he showed a little bit in there. So I thought that was uh, that was good. Um. Yeah, so you know, uh, Garcia and uh, uh, sorry, Joe Keys and Dante went over. This is their second win in the promotion, and after the match, Keys and Garcia started uh, shoving each other. So I don't know. See, that's what I'm trying to think: is a blood planned or not, or they're just heat hot at each other for it? Either way, it, at least at least it made it interesting in the post match there. Next match was another women's match, and this is why I think they should have just had one women's match. Um, Serena D versus Liza Hall. Um, Deeb, longtime you know, veteran, AEW, uh, has been doing some great stuff there. She's the best wrestler, women's wrestler on that on that promotion for by far. And Liza Hall, she's from Vancouver. She kind of has like a. I don't know. I couldn't tell her gimmick. I didn't really get her gimmick. It was more of a, I guess, like a a redneck gimmick. I don't know. Like she had like a ball cap and a white shirt on. She came out um, during the match. It was interesting. Serena Deeb started slamming Hall's knee in in the ring post like three times. And with all the rules and everything that Terminus has, why wasn't this like a disqualification? Like I, I, that, that confused me. You think like the ring posts would be back to like Bill Watts's mid South day with, with 
it would be a, a disqualification. Um, I believe in that too. Um, I used to, in Premier at least, I was, I used to, you know, tell the guys, you know, first I didn't, I didn't want anything outside the ring unless you had approval for me first, because I wanted everything in the ring. If it was, uh, if you spilled out of the ring, I wanted the ref to make a count. Um, I want to establish the count, and so. Any action outside the ring had to be approved by me, and like again, I wanted to be—I wanted to be a sport. I wanted the fans to to get into the mindset: this is a sport, it's a competition. And if you know someone goes out of bounds, you know the, there's the action doesn't continue, right? Like a football player goes out of bounds, there's some shoving sometimes, but the refs in there to stop it, right? Um, so, so when I you know. Ter- Terminus is all about the sport and everything. So when I saw Surya D slamming her opponent's knee on the ring pulls, I'm like, is that should, that doesn't does that fit in what Terminus is all about? Or are we just doing pro wrestling that we do for EC everywhere else, right? Um, this match goes 50 minute Broadway, and then now after the 50 minute Broadway, they have a 90 second uh, overtime. They never really established on the show like what happens if the the match goes to the next 90 seconds and there's no winner. Like is, uh, is there another 90 seconds? Is this, it just keeps going. Like what is the, how do we determine a winner? Right. So they never really explained that. Um, D won quickly, like in 30 seconds within the 90 second period, they did this later on in another match. So I know you're trying to establish that rule, but I think it's okay just to do it once a show, not, not, not twice a show. Because especially for this match here, I thought I thought it would have been fine if Serena D beats her in ten minutes, right? That's all probably the match should have went because you know Liza Hall. She felt when I was talking about like I was talking about Invictus Cash flowing in that ring, just gliding out there. Liza Hall was like the opposite. It felt like she had like she was in quicksand, you know. Like she she took a while to get and go and move. Um, it was uh, she worked at it, it. Just it just she just looked slow in there at times, and the action and her and her her offense looked slow and lumbering. So I felt this match should have been at that ten minute mark at the most. Serena D went over, so that's you know that that was definitely the right call. Next match was Swerve the Realist. If I was Swerve, I'd just call myself Swerve. I don't know about Swerve the Realist. I mean, the ring announcer said Swerve the Realist. It just didn't really roll off the tug. But anyways, he's he's doing his own thing. He's trying to he's trying to like continue with the character he kind of last ended with in NXT and in WWE on the main roster. Um, he wrestled Davey Richards. Is originally supposed to be um, Leo Rush, but Leo Rush hurt his shoulder. So we got Davey Richards. Um, to me, I, I mean, to me, I, I prefer. I like Leo Rush at, in the ring. I, I he is exciting and he's fun to watch. He's so quick and so fast. Uh, but you know, I, I I'm more of a Davey Richards style, like a fan of that kind of style. So and I thought these guys' style complemented each other really well. Um, they did a finish, which is very interesting. They did a countout finish where Davey got like stuck on the bottom rope and he was kind of dangling like his body was his lower back was her butt was like on the uh, ring apron facing the, you know, back to the floor. And he's trying to hold on and get himself in. He's kind of off balance and Swerve just vaults over and hits a double stomp. Now, in Terminus, they have a five count on the outside. I love that because the idea is like they have to quickly get in because they want the Terminus wants to keep the action in ring, right? That so I, I like that. So when you have a rule like that, and then you have but you allow Serena D to slam her opponent's knee into the ring post. I mean, they got they, I mean, it's it's a new promotion. Um, they have a lot of different rules like i said like i'm so so far we've seen a four-way uh 
two singles matches and a tag team match. But for some reason, the opener pre-show match between Evictus Cash and Adam Priest was a, a rounds match. Like, why is that one a rounds match? I didn't. They, they never explained it. It just was a three-round match. So why was it any other three-round matches? On so they got to really. He has John Gresham really has to work things out now. I'm not going to go through every rule on the Terminus promotion. You can look it up online. It's a lot of stuff. And I think it's like, I think he got excited and like, oh, we could do this and that and this rule, that rule. I say it's better to have a few rules you want to go by and just simplify it. Add things later on, but establish uh, a few rules early that your fans can follow. Because as a, as a viewer, the first time, I was confused. So Swerve beats Dave Richards by count out. Like I said, five count. I like that, but I understand they want to establish the you know being counted out and within a five count. Like they want to establish that, and I, I get that. You have to establish somewhere. But this was a match you could tell the crowd was like really up for. They see Swerve as a star. They see Richards, you know, the respected veteran. So. They, you know, maybe a different match you could establish that. Maybe the f- first girls match that you had, you could you could establish that there. But this one, I think it'd be best to have a finish. Um, and honestly, honestly, for this match, the count out was flat, right? You got to establish that rule within the the. the Earlier in the night, like established it, like I said, with with Killer uh, Kate and Queen Aminata, right? Like that, establish it there. So when you finally do it with a match with your bigger stars, people will accept it more. Um, that's that's how I feel about that. But overall, I liked the match as I was as it was going. I I, I thought it was they're having a, a really good match, and then the finish was flat and. So we'll see how they. I'm gonna continue to watch Terminus. You know, I, I want to see how they evolve with their rules, and I like to see them kind of, like I said, simplify things. And it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. Now, next match, match number seven, Jay Lethal versus Baron Black. Baron Black, I believe, is also one of the founders of Terminus, and so. Uh, I like Jay Lethal. I've always been a fan of his for a very, very long time. Actually, it kind of took me a while to kind of get into him. Like, I remember the Jay Lethal from Impact Wrestling or TNA Wrestling, and he would do all the gimmicks, which which I thought was funny. You know, Ric Flair, Macho Man, he did them really well. Uh, but I never, like, took him serious, right, as, like, a serious wrestler. I, I kind of lumped him in and, oh, the, the kind of the fun mid-card guy, right? So when he went to Ring of Honor... And so it took me a while to kind of get him, like, get past Black Machismo and the Ric Flair and all that. So when he, they made him world champion in the beginning, I was like, him? He's kind of like, oh, I remember I was the mid-card guy in in, uh, in 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 TNA. I know he won, like, they said he won six X Division titles. I can't believe he won six of them. Like, my goodness, right? Like, this reminds me how, like, championships just, just don't mean much anymore. They just... Just change hands like left and right, like sick, you know. So, so, it, but after a while, as I was watching Ring of Honor, I, I, I would, wouldn't really watch Ring of Honor's like weekly shows, but I, I, you know, we would go to Dave Meltzer's house and watch the pay per views at his house. And I just kept like really getting into Jay, Jay Lethal's work. And I was like, wow, he's really, really good. And so when he went, when he signed my guy signed my AW, I'm like, yeah, that's a good signing, man. You want quality veterans on your car to work with these young guys, and it's been such a bummer that he hasn't really been on the main card uh, on Dynamite, or I think he's been on Rampage once. I know he, I know he lost his debut to Sammy Guevara, which I think is was a bad move. I think you want to establish Jay Lethal for you know a good six weeks of winning matches and. Promote that he's one of the best. He's been one of the best in the world for X amount of years, and a former world champion. And you know, you know, Tony Khan loves to geek out about stuff. And I think you know, mentioning that he is the was a former Ring of Honor world champion because you know, to the to the AW fan base who's 
you know, the hardcores of the hardcore, like they they would get a kick, you know, they get a kick out of it. Plus, they know the, these fans already know that he's a former ROH world champion, but he should have been made of a big deal. Like it should have been Jay Lee should have been a big deal. So just kind of my rant on that. But um Baron Black, I, I've only seen him a couple times. Um on AEW Dark. I last thing I saw him, I think he was just he got destroyed by Wardlow recently on AEW Dynamite. So I'm like, okay, it's gonna be nice to sit back and watch him work. Um Jay Lethal, it was a nice they had a really fun exchange with the arm ringers, like back and forth, switching off in it. And I guess some people could see that as like a goofy spot, but to me, it wasn't goofy the way they worked it. It was serious. They were both aggressive. They were quick with it. So I I, I enjoyed it. Um, this match was lethal. The veteran um, always one step ahead of of Baron Black, right? Like he every time Baron Black would get on the offense, lethal would quickly quickly reverse it. Um, the last. Six or seven minutes was really good. This this match really good. Baron Black. I saw a good athlete, but I didn't see much charisma. I didn't see much much fire out of him. It was a lot of that same face uh, when he's working in there. I wanted to see he showed a little bit here and there, but uh, I don't know if he was just too much in his head about this match or what it was. But I I don't know. I wasn't that impressed overall. Like. Not semi-main event impressed, right? I, I think he'd been good on the opener or, you know, working his way up. But, you know, but I'm going to keep watching Terminus and see more out of Baron Black. But he's a good athlete. This match went 90 minutes. Oh, sorry, sorry, excuse me. 50-minute Broadway, and then there was a 90-second overtime where Lethal, again, uh, God, it felt like 20 seconds in, he hit those lethal injection cutter and won. So, um, okay, like, this is a good place to establish that, right? The 15-minute time limit expires. Now there's a 90-second overtime. Good, good thing to get that over here. It worked here. So if he did it here, I think it was, now looking back, it's like, the, doing it for the Serena D match was unnecessary. And I think actually giving those, giving that match, you know, 15 plus actually hurt the match because Liza Hall on her end couldn't, couldn't hold up her end on that side, you know, for that length of time. But I think it would have kept doing eight, 10 minutes. They would have been fine. But here, this was where I would have done that, done that finish, you know, in a semi-vein event with a guy like Jay Lethal that that could pull it off, and Baron Black, who's who's a who's a good ally, it worked. So, I I dug it. Um, I hope Jay Lethal is on future Terminus cars because like I really do enjoy watching him work, and I wish I could see him more in AEW Dynamite or, or Rampage, but you know I just I just can't imagine Jay Lethal being on AEW Dark. You know, like it just it doesn't. It doesn't really it just doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> you know, like he's to me, he's a bigger star than being on dark, right? Um so Terminus three, I hope he's back. And I would hope he wrestles Gresham or or I guess they might even rematch the main event. And we'll talk about that next here. So the main event, match number eight, was John Gresham defending his Ring of Honor original world title. Against Santana of Pride and Powerful of AEW, um, I was really looking forward to this matchup because Santana, as we have seen on AEW, it's been a while since he's been on TV, but now he's been on TV for a few weeks. He's doing his program with uh, Jericho, him and Ortiz, or it's causing the inner circle to split. Yada yada. The Santana, who's always been a really good promo that we've seen on AW, he's adding size. You feel like he's gonna have to break out as a singles wrestler. And a lot of people feel that and they've been talking about that. Like, what if he goes on his own? So here was a chance for me to see Santana as a single. And I was really curious about that. Now, John Gresham, and he's been bouncing all around. You know, he's his his since Ring of Honor decided to go on hiatus, um, they 
let go everyone of their contract, I believe it was, and they're on hiatus to to the WrestleMania weekend where they're gonna have a, a, a Ring of Honor show, and on and on that show, Bandito, who was the official last world champion, he couldn't work the last RA show because I think he had COVID. I think it was something 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 was up. He couldn't make it, so they had Jay Lethal and John Gresham wrestle, and it was for the original Ring of Honor belt. So John Gresham has been defending the Ring of Honor original world title belt wherever he appears, and he was just over in, prog- in progress overseas defending the title over there. So he's been doing that to build up to the Mandito versus Gresham title for title rematch when Ring of Honor has that uh, super card of honor coming April. And let's hope that ring of honor is back. You know, I, it's, it, it, it's just sad to see that promotion potentially close down. I think they're going to be back, but not, but use non contracted guys, which could be tough because you know, anytime a a W or WWE or impact, whoever could, swoop in and not allow you these guys to be used on ring of honor so you know it it could it could cause some issues and you know i kind of wish they you know maybe with all the talent that became available with the wwe releases and a lot of great talent on the indies that i you know everyone looks at the releases and and but there's just really good talent out there that are hidden gems that you can make your own you know like you can build up as your own stars out there. So I think you get a mix of that. I would love to see Ring Honor just give it another go. I would love to see Sinclair just not sell it off or, you know, kind of, you know, maybe not invest as, maybe not going to invest as much as they invested before, but invest something. And, you know, like I just, we need more places for guys to work, guys and girls to work. And it was just sad to see Ring Honor go. Um, so this match was under pure rules. So each wrestler gets three rope breaks. So if they use a third rope break, next time they get locked in a submission hold, they can't use the ropes to break it. So um, potentially John Gresham, say he has a, a abdominal stretch and a guy gets to the ropes. He has no more rope breaks. You know, John Gresham is willing to let go of that abdominal stretch and get the submission. He would, he did this a lot in pure, pure rules match. And, um, in in ring of honor so i was curious to see what the how santana was going to do in this match and right off the bat santana grabs the mic and basically challenges he wants to fight gresham and it wasn't made clear that gresham like he shook his hand gresham shook his hand but it wasn't clear like what like are we going <laughs> it wasn't clear like the rules are gone like, i don't know it was weird but like for me, I thought as I watched this match, I thought the story they should have told was Gresham. Like Santana could got the mic and said, you know what? Gresham, people might not know this, but there's a lot of history. Now, it doesn't show in our doesn't show in our match results, right? Because we haven't really wrestled that often. But you know, I've been wanting to wrestle you. I've been wanting to fight you. Um a lot of people don't know this, but you know, like you know, I was coming up. I was, when I was, you know, one, there's one day you just kind of, you know, you're too too good for me, too good to give a young Santana some time or something like that. So I always hold it against you, you know, like you know. So I've been waiting to fight you one day. I've been waiting to fight you, and opportunities haven't been. I've been in. I've been over here. You've been over there. And when you start terminus, I'm I. I signed up because I want to get in the ring with you finally. And I want to fight. I know you got this pure rules thing go, but I want to fight you. And John Gresham could be like, hey, you know, you might have an issue with me, but you're you're in Terminus. You're in our rules. You, you know, if you want to step to me, you got to compete under our rules here, right? So Santana, I think the match should be Santana and Gresham. Gresham's just a step ahead because he's the more scientific of the two. He knows a few more tricks than Santana, but Santana shows he's not like outclassed. Like he's not a fish out of water. He, he he's competitive, but just when he has an advantage, you know, Gresham just turns it on him, right? And then at one point, Santana just gets frustrated and 
they go to the outside and Santana goes to punch Gresham. The referee's like, no, no, no. That's a warning. You can't punch. You can't punch. Oh, I can't punch. Boom. Four on shivers. Gresham. Gresham's fighting back. Now you, now you kind of do the, you know, stuff on the outside that they did, right? Like, since it's the only match that this happens in it, it, and it's the main event, like, it, it, it means something here. But I think it should be built to that. They kind of went through, like, right away. And I, I wasn't a fan of that. Now, the controversy of this batch. Um, and it really, it really upset me, right? So I'll tell you what happened here. Um, they were doing a, a, a finishing sequence of kind of, you know, Gresham would have a sunset flip on Santana, Santana reverse, Gresham would reverse back, back and forth to keep reversing the same in that sunset flip, flip position. And it was like one, one, you know, you know, there's a, it's each guy's getting a one count. Finally, Gresham gets him, has him locked down. One, two, but the ref holds up his count, and everyone's looking around. Like Gresham's like, what happened? Santana looks disappointed. And it's clear now by everyone's reaction that the this was the finish they had planned, but the referee botched the finish. Now an approach like Terminus, like Premiere, is similar to Premiere. So when I did Premiere, I told my referees, you know, be authoritative. Call the rules. I told the wrestlers to listen to the referee, right? If your shoulders are down, the ref will count you down. If you're outside the ring for too long, you will be counted out. If you do something legal, illegal multiple times, you would be disqualified, right? Um, everyone was clear on this. Only had one issue with this, and that's the story from the time. But 99% of the time, everyone, everyone got what I was trying to create with Premiere. And I feel with all these rules that John Gresham has, I would I believe that he would tell his referees the same thing, right? Now, there's only the only camera shot I saw was the hard cam, right? I'm guessing the referee, when he went to go count Santana's shoulders, his shoulders weren't down, and that's why he held his count, right? I so to me, the referee is in the right. If Santana's shoulders not down, he shouldn't be counting him out, right? Because then that's going to be big bullshit for your finish, right? People are going to be like, "Oh, Santana never was pinned." You know what I mean? Like that's what it would be. I, I don't know the exact finish they were going for. Maybe it was supposed to be a controversial finish. Maybe Santana's shoulders supposed to be up, and they're going to do some kind of speed of finish. But I don't think so. I think from what I saw in my experience. They went, that was going to be finished. He was, they're going to do the back and forth with the sunset flip for the one counts. And then finally, uh, Gresham's going to lock him, Santana down and hold him down for the three count. It didn't happen. Something happened. The referee held his count. Maybe the ref, maybe the ref did brain fart, forgot the finish. And okay, so maybe that's, that happens. Okay. It's happened before, unfortunately. Now, what happened after soon after the confusion, Santana and Gresham go into like a quick same similar spot, like a like a a jackknife cradle, one, two, three. Right? It was flat and just just horrible, right? Like everyone's everyone's like knows that the finish got fucked up now, right? And to me. Now, that's all on Gresham and Santana. Okay, your original finish got fucked up. I get it. It sucks. But keep working, right? It's okay for Gresham to get, hey, ref, what was that? Was that, I was three, right? And ref's like, no, he had his shoulder up. It was two. Okay, grab Santana, Gresham. Now you're going to talk. Let's go a few more minutes. Let's get this, let's kind of work to get this hot again to where we can go to a finish, right? Like, but no, they just quickly go into a jackknife cradle, very similar to what they just did, and one, two, three, and every, it was like two rookies, you know, trying to come up with a finish real quick after their original finish got botched. And Gresham and Santana are too experienced that let this happen, right? 
And what followed really angered me. And honestly, like, it's almost made me, made me not want to watch Terminus now going forward. I know I said I want to watch Terminus again, but I don't know. This this really I know Gresham was upset, right? This is his baby, this is his promotion. He wants to have a great match and then wants to have the main event to be a great match, of course. And shit got fucked up. You know. So what does he do? He gets on the mic and he just buries a referee. And that's so unprofessional. Like, have a talk with the guy in the back. Whatever the issue was, where what where everything went awry, like talk about it in the back. And he's, he's getting on the mic, and, you know, he's the star. So the fans aren't going to side with poor referee. They're going to side with Gresham, and he knows this, right? He, and he has the mic, and the poor referee can't defend himself, right? So he gets on the mic, and he's like, hey, you know, what the hell just happened? Like, okay, now you're just, now you're dead. Now, I'm, granted, now the fans all saw shit got fucked up, but now you're just making it. Now you're just, yeah, you're, you're just saying, yeah, we fucked, it got fucked up. And again, your fault. If the finish got fucked up, just keep working. It wasn't the, that bad where you can't keep working to get, get the, get the momentum going again. It, shit had, guy, guy had his shoulders up. Right? Referees said he had his shoulders up. You only counted two. Keep working. But no, you like it did. You did that little flippy jackknife. It was it was shit. It was crap. It was flat. And that is on Gresham. It is on Santana. Right? So Gresham's like, you know, you got two options, or I got two options for you. And let me hear which one you loudest one whatever, you know, the loudest reaction will do. Um how would I just get fire this referee? And people cheered. Or we run this back, Santana Rescrescia, next show. And people are like, yeah, it was louder cheered. And Lenny Leonard made a made a funny comment like, oh, you know, the, <laughs> the fans saved that referee. And then it just got worse. Gresham now gets a fan at ringside and another fan at ringside. And he does a rock, paper, scissors with them. And he doesn't do rock, paper, scissors. And he does it again. But this time, like, the outcome is the referee's job in this promotion to get booked again. And, the you know, the, the person that was supposed to be the winner, uh, you know, if he was if he was a lose, you know, I don't know, whatever. It, just, it was so fucking stupid. I can't even think straight because I was so mad when I saw this. Anyways, the fan, the result of the rock, paper, scissors was the referee's gone. And poor referee, dude. Shit gets fucked up. I know I've I've been around it where I've been around. I've seen it happen many times on shows. Um, an APW show, I remember a referee missed the finish of a JR Crater's match. I didn't get mad. The promoter did. But I was like, shit happens. We're fucking, you know, it's. It's not a big deal at the end of the day, right? We're we're on pay per view. It was locally here, but at the same time, like like I said, they could have easily fixed the situation, kept working. Like Fight TV, I don't know what the block they have for time. And from being that it's Fight TV, it's I think they have some time to kind of keep going if need be not crazy another hour worth of time but you know if if it had to go a few more minutes or five more minutes i think they had that time to they had a lot of time for gresham to to bury the referee and and do the rock paper scissors thing like instead of that fucking time of being unprofessional like you should have just work and figure out he's a veteran satan's a veteran they have to i'm i was shocked by this i was completely shocked i can understand if it's a couple indie dudes with like a couple years experience and they, and they think oh my god the fish is fucked up my life's over but you know this is i'm sure gresham and satana have worked matches before with, with the finish has been messed up this is not their first time this has happened to them 
dude, come on, man. Poor referee, dude. Yeah, he 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 messed up, right? But dude, keep working. Cover up. Talk to him in the back, away from the fans. See, the fans shouldn't see that. The fans shouldn't, you know. Now that poor guy. Every time he refs, if he refs Dermis again, he's gonna come out as this, you know. That they're gonna there's, if he comes back, they're gonna just remember him for that, and that sucks, you know. So do it in the back. Don't undress him in front of all the boys. Take him privately. Talk to him about you know. Explain your your frustration, your anger, but like use it as a teachable moment as well. Like at the end of the day, like it's not a big deal. And the guy was a decent ref on the show. It wasn't bad, you know. Like I. I, I I felt bad for him because I remember at times he was looking up at the there's multiple screens around the building and I think he was keeping an eye on the time within that on the because on the on the, the lower Chiron on the on the show you know they had the time limit so I was running down in each match so he was kind of keeping track I could see him keeping track looking up at the TV screens a little bit and that's you know that's ter- that's terminus that's Gresham and Black's fault they don't they got to eventually up their production and. You know, get earpieces for the refs so they can kind of keep you know times and telling their times, and the referee can could uh, could uh, just you know could tell the wrestlers about their time. Um, you know, I, so that's another thing about Terminus. I like to see some production added to this show. Um, I like the building there; enough that the building look cool. Um, I thought maybe. Next time, I love to see him back in this building. Um, there was a like the cam work, hard cam looked great, but on the floor cam, there's a white balance issue, and I felt like it was. They, I think they corrected it eventually, but it was there for a while. Um, the hard cam was facing the entranceway, which was this big black curtain. But the, the way the lighting looked on the ring, it looked cool. That was a good shot. When they go the hard cam, the wall, the back wall was white, so. My recommendation is to get some more uh, uh, curtaining and, and kind of blacken that out because I, I think it just looked overall better visual in the entranceway. I mean, everyone came out of a dark hole. <laughs> There's no light. Like, you just didn't see who came out. It is like, like a vest in an, a, some lights at least, you know, like for the entrance. And that's. I like to see them up their production on future shows, but that was Terminus Two. That was my thoughts on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that main event. What'd you think of the finish? Am I wrong? Should I just put all the blame on the ref? Should it was it was it was, the, was Gresham and Santana on the right? Like, what is your thoughts on that? What'd you see when you watched it? Um, it's pretty clear things got fucked up, right? And like I said, again, I think Gresham and Santa Catana could have really cleaned it up quickly, got things back on track, but it it just it just got worse from there. And I didn't like the unprofessionalism. And I, I I'm I'll say it, it was Gresham was unprofessional. So and I really felt bad for that ref. He he didn't deserve that. So Thanks for listening to the Take It Home Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at LaRocketJL. Again, check out the bonus show on Fight Game Media Plus. $5. It's me. It's Antonio Promise Thomas talking about six really good young wrestlers. We talk, Promise Thomas breaks it down in ring. I break it down from a Booker's perspective. It was a lot of fun. We're going to do more of these for our Plus specials. Um, I'm getting a lot of requests from from people in the Facebook group and uh, like, hey, give us, you should do one on this. Uh, I think Nikita Lyons was one that people want us to talk about. So that's, that's, that pumps me up. So uh, it's going to be, I'm looking forward to doing another, another edition of the bonus Take It Home podcast with Antonio Promise Thomas, one of my, one of my good friends, man. Love talking to a guy about wrestling and family. Uh, he's uh, just a really good dude. Again, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend and be safe. Take care.